Hey, welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Worship Christian Church in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Apostle Robert Enos. This is where we talk about the issue the church faces and how the church should respond to those issues. Here we will talk about doctrine, theology, politics, social and cultural issues, and how the church is to deal with these things. So get ready for a large dose of truth and get ready for the tables to be flipped. Here at Table Flippers, table flipping is what we do. I hope you're doing well today. I'm so happy that you are back with us. Our uh, podcasts have been really picking up steam and going all over the world, uh, all the way from Brussels to um, the East Coast, all over Los Angeles. It's been really a great thing to see these things unfold. But today I want to talk to you today about some social issues that the church must start speaking about. And then I'm going to focus on just one of those for the rest of this segment. But again, this is something that the church must start speaking about from the Word of God. From God's perspective, not man's perspective, not cult- culture perspective, not social perspective, not our own opinions, not our own desires, not what we think it should or should not be, but but what the Bible actually says. And some of these issues, I'm just going to rattle them off. This is not an exhaustive list, of course, but this is, again, I, I really want you pastors and preachers and church leaders to hear this, but it also... Any Christian that really takes the Word of God seriously and sees it as important, you need to really pay attention to this. Again, social issues that must be addressed in our churches by our pastors and church leaders. Homosexuality and the LGBT agenda and community. Abortion or the murder of the unborn. Politics. I know that's a dirty little topic Pastors don't want to talk politics because it's such a hot-button subject, but it's only a hot-button subject because so few are willing to talk about it. Oh, and, and, and a lot of pastors think that they get off the hook in regards to politics because of the Johnson Amendment. But know this, that the Johnson Amendment is only a fear tactic, it's completely unconstitutional, and not one church or pastor has been prosecuted for talking politics from their pulpit. Just understand that. Oh, and this uh, supposed separation of church and state, it's not in our Constitution. Please go look. Please try to find it. It's not there. The way it's written, it talks about the government not controlling the church. It says nothing about the church getting involved in the government. Some other things that we need to talk about is marriage, especially marriage before God is one man being married to one woman, period. Yes, that needs to be taught. Many Christians, we sometimes as church leaders assume our people know, but when they're watching CNN, they're watching MSNBC, they're looking at what's going on in the culture and the world around them, they may not know, especially if you aren't talking about it, Pastor. We need to talk about sex. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, the sex act, but sexual things such as sex before marriage is still a sin. It's called fornication, and it's still a sin. It's not a small sin. It's not an acceptable sin. It's sin. Living together when not married is a sin. Of course, that's part of fornicating, Uh, but it's still a sin. Sleeping together before marriage, and I've heard even Christians say this, well, I got to, you know, 
basically check out the merchandise. What if we're not compatible sexually? You know how stupid that makes us sound? Anybody that says that, that's just foolish, foolishness and stupidity. But can you imagine how, I mean, just think about that for just a moment. Christians saying that. Because here's the truth. If you truly love that person, you marry them. Then you have sex. And you make yourself sexually compatible with one another because of your love for one another. And this is for all ages, no matter the age. This doesn't just go for young people in their teens and early 20s. This goes for people that are widowed or maybe divorced, which is another thing we need to talk about, divorce. But that's all ages. For some reason, among Christians, it's like, well, I'm 45 years old and I my wife left me and divorced me and I got this girlfriend because of our age, it's okay. No, I mean, that's ridiculous. God did not put that in his word. No fornicating unless you're 45 and divorced. No fornicating unless you're 50 and widowed. That's foolish. These are just some of the issues. Again, the homosexuality, abortion, politics, marriage, the sanctity of marriage, uh, sexual things. Again, not so much the act of sex, but not having sex before marriage, not living together without being married, um, not sleeping together before marriage for any reason. Those types of things. And, of course, we can go on with even more devious behavior in the sexual arena. But these are things that really the body of Christ needs to be taught these things. The body of Christ needs to be taught these things, and it needs to be taught from the pulpit. That's why pastors and church leaders, you need to get a backbone and not be afraid of your people and not be afraid of the consequences of talking about these things openly. Get some boldness in you. Get a backbone. As a matter of fact, if you get filled with the Holy Spirit and power, you will have a backbone. I know many people claim to have Holy Spirit, but then they are afraid to talk about these issues because they don't want to offend somebody. That's not having Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit, although is a gentleman, he is still not afraid to offend with truth. So, all you uh, Christians out there, you churchgoers, if your pastor is not talking about these things, I'm just going to be honest with you. Why are you at that church? Jeez, what are you getting on Sunday? Kumbaya? I mean, it's, the Kumbaya days are over. I mean, we should never have had the Kumbaya days. What are we in a just a sweet, cute little social club? What are you doing in those churches? Anyway, something for you to think about and pray about. I said I wanted to talk about more specifically one of these issues, namely homosexuality, because that's a, a huge growing issue in our society, in our culture, and even our churches. It really shocked me. I was just flipping through Facebook the other day. And I came across a clip. I didn't watch this clip. I just saw the, the uh, still shot of it. I didn't even click on it to open it up. And I just read the little caption on it about how a church, a church that claims Jesus opened up and had a drag performer, a man dressed as a woman with woman's makeup on, dancing up and down the aisles and on the platform. A church that claims Jesus. 
How far we have fallen as a people. How far we have fallen from God's word and God's design. Now, before I go on, I just want to give a little disclaimer. Because I already know what's going to happen. Um, not, not even trying to be prophetic. It just is because of our present culture. I'm going to be labeled as a homophobe or a transphobe or a xenophobe. Um, something of that nature. But I, I just want to let you know, everybody listening to me, I want to let you know that portion that I want to talk about homosexuality and the importance of it. My heart breaks for those caught up in this lifestyle. Absolutely breaks. Several years ago, uh, I got to know a homosexual gentleman and I asked him one day, I said, so, just out of the blue, I said this to him, so who molested you? It caught him off guard. I will admit, it kind of came out of left field, but it caught him off guard. And he, and it startled him. He said, and then he started, to, he got real tense. Nobody molested me. And I looked at him and I says, yeah, who was it? It was somebody in a position of authority over you, such as a brother, an uncle, a stepfather. And, and as I was saying this, his whole countenance began to change. And he went from standing strong like he was going to defend himself. That never happened to him, to him beginning to break. And then he says, nobody, nobody uh, molested me and I don't want to talk about it. I said, okay. A few days later, he came back and apologized. He said, actually, I was molested. And then he went through, he didn't get into graphic detail, of course, but he explained how he was molested by somebody, again, that was supposed to be protecting him and keeping him safe, another male kind of father figure. My heart was breaking for him. My heart broke for him. Another homosexual gentleman that was a, a son of some friends of ours at the time, struggling with homosexuality. He was molested and raped by his cousin, who actually was more like a brother. It was actually his blood cousin, but he was living with them at, at the time and was like a brother. And this completely broke him inside to where he turned to homosexuality. Still yet another young man, son of a couple that went to our, the church that we were associate pastors at the time, was molested when he was younger by a babysitter that his mom and dad trusted that lived down the street. And another heartbreaking thing about all three of these um, men, once their parents or the people, their guardians, the people that should have been taking care of them, found out about it, they did very little. They tried to sweep it under the rug. Don't tell anybody. This never happened. You know, it'll just cause problems in the family, especially if it was a family member. It'll just cause problems in the community. It'll cause problems in the church. Just don't talk about it. It never happened. Well, then they had to live with all that pain and all that grief and all that hurt. And they didn't know what to do with it. And so it caught that pain led to something, a lifestyle that God says is not what he wants for his people. As a matter of fact, I want to read some things to you from the scriptures about homosexuality. If you're struggling with your sexual 
identity or you know somebody that is, you're struggling with homosexuality, I am in no way trying to condemn you any more than I would condemn anybody else that's in sin. As a matter of fact, my heart breaks for the homosexuals. This is one reason why I hammer pastors and I hammer churches and I hammer Christians to talk about it, not in a condemning manner as has been in the past, but in a loving manner that still says, hey, this is sin, but Jesus is the answer. And with the open arms to say, listen, just come in and I'll help you. The same way we would do it with, say, an alcoholic or a drug addict, or the same way we would do it with somebody caught up in any other sexual sin. So if you're struggling with this, uh, with homosexuality, please don't misunderstand me. I am not approaching this angry at you. I am not approaching this in any way, like more condemning towards you than anybody else, because what I'm going to be talking about, not just not in this podcast, but as we go on, other things where the church has failed the community around us. That's why I'm talking about homosexuality. So, in Leviticus 18, verses 22 through 24, it says, You must not have sexual relations with a male as one has sexual relations with a woman. It is a detestable act. You must not have sexual relations with any animal to become defiled with it. And a woman must not stand before an animal to have sexual relationships with it. It is a perversion. Do not defile yourselves with any of these things. For the nations which I'm about to drive out before you have been defiled with all of these things. Now in Leviticus 18, God puts homosexuality in that type of relationship on the same level as bestiality. And I don't want to get too graphic in this. I think all of you know what that means. But he also goes on to say the whole one of the reasons why God is driving out these nations and giving the land and the territory and the region to the Hebrew people was because of these sins. The last thing I want for you, the last thing I want for your loved ones, the last thing I want for your children is to be driven out because of this sexual sin. Romans chapter 1. See, I read Leviticus first, and a lot of Christians would say, but that was Old Testament. That's over. Okay, let's get into the writing of Paul. Romans chapter 1, verse 26. It says, For this reason, God gave them over to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged the natural sexual relationships for unnatural ones. And likewise, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed in their passions for one another. Men committed shameless acts with men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do what they should not be done. Now, there's other passages in the scriptures that we can go to, such as 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11, that talk directly to this. Well, let me just read that. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. <clears throat> Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. The sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, passive homosexual partners, practicing homosexuals, thieves, the greedy, drunkards, the verbally abusive, and swindlers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you once lived this way. 
But you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. Now, again, I can't pick on the homosexual only. I'm dealing specifically with homosexuality because it's one of those things that the church refuses to talk about for the most part. There are still some good churches out there telling the truth. But look at this. God, through Paul, throws homosexuality, not just homosexuality itself, but passive homosexuality and practicing homosexuality in with sexual immorality in general, idolatry, adulterers, thieves, the greedy, drunkards, the verbally abusive, and swindlers. And he says, none of them will inherit the kingdom of God. None of them will inherit the kingdom of God. Well, we understand this, that when we get saved, we are brought into the kingdom. We are sons of the kingdom, sons of God. None of these sins will God just turn the other way. And none of these sins should we turn the other way. Listen, God's just as upset at the adulterer as he is at the homosexual. God is just upset with the idolater as he is the homosexual. So again, please don't misunderstand me and think that I'm only beating up on homosexuals. Like, that's the worst sin in the world. I'm just dealing with homosexuality for two reasons. My heart breaks for those who are struggling. My heart breaks for those who are struggling. Because I understand the root. At least to a degree, I understand the root of the pain that the homosexual is dealing with. And it sickens me and it breaks my heart. But secondly, it angers me that the church of Jesus Christ and our pastors are too passive and too cowardly to lovingly tell the truth about this sin and other sins. So what do we do? Now I want to change a little bit and just talk to those of you struggling with homosexuality or if you know somebody that's struggling with homosexuality. I want you to know that there is hope in Christ. In John 3.16, most of us know this, but let's read it again. For this is the way God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So we know that salvation is in Jesus and Jesus alone. And Father God gave Jesus so that we can all be saved. And yes, those of you struggling with homosexuality, that means you too. The same Jesus that saved my soul when I was a sinner, when I have failed, when I have messed up, and I was living a lifestyle that was not honoring and pleasing to him, that same Jesus that I needed is the same Jesus you must come to. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 and 15 says this, For the love of Christ controls us, since we have concluded this, that Christ died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all, so that those who live should, be, should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised. And again, this is for all. This was me. This is every preacher. This is every drunk. This is every uh, buddy struggling with uh, drugs. This is everybody who's struggling with homosexuality. This is everybody struggling with adultery. Everybody that's struggling with any sin, lying, uh, idolatry, putting other things before God. We all 
all have to come to Christ. So again, those struggling with homosexuality, please understand how much God loves you that he gave his son for you. And if you were the only person on the planet that struggled with sin, Jesus would have still come for you. But all of us are sinners. All of us have failed. As a matter of fact, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's me. That's every person listening to this. Every one of us at some point in our life have failed God and fallen short of his glory because of sin. And that sin could have been anything. Now, again, I'm focusing primarily on homosexuality today, but that doesn't mean that those struggling with fornication or um, lying, cheating, whatever, if if it's sin, it separates you. And we all fall short of the glory of God. The Bible goes on to say in Romans 6.23 that the payoff or the wages, what we earn in sin, is death. That's what sin leads to. We earn it. We work for it through sin. And the wages of our sin is death. Romans 6.23 says, For the payoff or the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can't go anywhere else. You can't go to anyone else. You can't go through anyone else to get to to Father God and to eternal life. It's only through Jesus. Our sin, if we continue in sin, what will we get paid? Death. If we come out of death, come out of sin, and turn to Jesus, what do we get paid? Heaven, eternal life. Now, in Romans 5, 8, it says, God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What does that mean? It means don't even worry about trying to get cleaned up from your sin. Don't worry about trying to change your lifestyle yet. Yet. And I would say this for anybody in any sin. Don't worry about trying to change your lifestyle yet. First come to Jesus and start serving him and he will start doing the work in you and through you. Because sometimes we say, I can't come to Jesus until I get clean. Well, you'll never get clean, so you'll never come to Jesus. Because even if you stop the action, the root of that sin is still in there. Instead, just come to Jesus as you are and throw yourself on his throne of grace, his throne of mercy. And say, here I am, I'm a sinner. Help me, Lord. And God responds to that. And God will give you grace. And God will move. And God will forgive you. And God will set you free. So how do we come to Jesus? Well, it's more simple than we think often. We initially come to Jesus, just like it says in Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Lord speaking of Jesus, of course. So if you call on the name of Jesus, you'll be saved. In Romans 10, earlier in that chapter, it talks about confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that that, uh, Jesus was raised up from the dead and that he is the Lord. You'll be saved. So it's really that simple. Calling on his name, confessing, confessing that you're a sinner, confessing that he is Lord, confessing that God raised him up from the dead, confessing that it's only by his blood and sacrificial death 
that you can be made free, free of sin, and made whole. And when we can do that, you're saved. So before we wrap this up, I want to say first to anybody struggling with any sin, it doesn't matter if it's homosexuality, uh, it could be any sexual sin, it could be adultery, it could be addiction, it could be alcoholism, it could be drugs, whatever it may be. You need to come to the altar, you need to come to Jesus, you need to pray and ask him to forgive you, welcome you into his family, and change your behavior and change your heart, change your mind. That's the essence of repentance, and that's how you become saved, and that's how you become a child of God. So I want to lead you through a prayer. If you are are able to, if you're driving, please don't close your eyes, but you can still pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me and sent Jesus to die for me. Wash me clean with the blood of Jesus. Wash me and purify me from all sin. Welcome me into your family. Change my mind. Change my heart. Change my actions. Change my lifestyle. That'll be pleasing to you. I thank you and I praise you for what you've just done for me. I now am a child of God. I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, what I would like you to do is in the comments, I'm going to leave my email address. Please shoot me off an email and let me know. I'll send you other materials. I'll help you out whatever way I possibly can. But if you don't have a, a good home church, please go find a good home church. If you don't know, again, ask me what kind of church you need to find, and I will help you find a, a good church that will build you up and strengthen you. Now, back to your pastors. We need to start addressing the issues of our culture and society. There are so many broken people out there, not only in the, in the pews of our church, but out in the world and in the culture that we're not engaging. Because we don't want to offend, we don't even talk about it. And because we don't talk about it, we're not winning them to Christ and we're not bringing healing and deliverance and salvation to them. There's so many people broken. There's so many people fearful. There's so many people that are just genuinely hurting. And Jesus is always the answer. If we don't address these issues, if we don't address them head on and provide the answer, Jesus, then how are they ever going to get set free? How are they ever going to be healed? As a matter of fact, I know one pastor that doesn't even like to use the word sin or tell people they're in sin. He'll say, he'll smile and say, you know, know, sometimes we have our faults and our failures. Well, sin is far deeper than that. Nobody goes to hell for a fault or a failure. People go to hell for sin. Two plus two equals five. That's a kind of a failure in math. I'm not going to hell for that. I don't need to be forgiven for that. I just need to be trained better in math. But when we talk about these things, it needs to be named what the consequences of these sins are, but what Jesus can do so that we don't have to pay that consequence, but that we can go to heaven to be with him because Jesus already paid for it. He paid for our sins. So pastors, church leaders, it's time for us to rise up and start talking about these things. It's time for us to get a backbone and not worry about who we offend. It's time to start talking about homosexuality and straight to homosexuals. In a loving manner, firm manner, but a loving manner that says, listen, just come to Jesus. I accept you. He accepts you. And we will help you walk out of this 
situation. There's so many hurting and so many broken. And it grieves my heart to think there's so many that'll go to hell thinking that their lifestyle is okay because nobody told them any different. It's time for us to tell. It's time for us to speak about it. It's time for us to preach the truth on these issues and that Jesus is the only way, not only out of that lifestyle, but out of the sin so that they could be set free and be heaven bound with him. Again, I just want to tell you how grieved I am for the brokenness in so many people. My heart goes out to you. My prayers are with you. I'm praying for you. And know this, if I can help, I would like to help. But Jesus really is the way to salvation and ultimately the only one that can help. God bless you all. And you'll be hearing from me very soon. Thank you for joining us here at Table Flippers. I would love to hear from you. You can find my contact information at www.gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Please let us know how we are doing. I look forward to hearing your thoughts and comments. Have a fantastic day.